Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the show. Today we have a new and very weird car reveal. Actually, I didn't even know this was happening and I don't even know why this is what it is. It in short, looks like a very weird BMW X6. I am talking about the new Renault Arcana. Whatever the mess that is. Renault Arcana finally coming to Europe in 2022 with all hybrid lineup. It took Renault more than a year since the Arcana's launch in Russia to realize that a compact SUV coupe is just what the doctor ordered. Except they didn't. For its European lineup. On sale in Russia since July 2019, the Arcana has also been introduced in South Korea in February this year as the Samsung XM3. Now, Renault has finally officially announced that the Arcana will reach European markets from the first half of 2021. Looking just like the Korean spec model, minus the badges, Europe's 2021 Renault Arcana is based on the CMF B modular platform shared with the latest Clio and Captur. Furthermore, it will be built alongside the XM3 at the Busan plant in South Korea. The modern platform differentiates it from the Russian spec Arcana, which uses the older BO Plus platform shared with the Dacia Duster. Nevertheless, there, there are significant differences between the Eurospec Arcana and the Korean model. For starters, the Renault offers an all-hybrid lineup consisting of 138 hor Sorry, of the 138 horsepower E-Tech hybrid powertrain and the TCE 140 and the TCE 160 turbo petrols with 12-volt micro-hybrid assistance. Shared with the Clio, the self-charging E-Tech system consists of a 1.6-liter four-cylinder petrol engine, two electric motors, an E-motor and a high-voltage starter generator, and an innovative multi-mode clutchless dog box transmission. I'm not quite sure what half of that means. Always starting in EV mode, the E-Tech Hybrid is said to provide up to 80% of city driving time with all-electric power, reducing CO2 emissions and fuel consumption by up to 40% over a conventional combustion engine in urban driving. As for the two micro-hybrid powertrains, each features a 1.3-liter four-cylinder turbo petrol unit. I was actually expecting a 1.3-liter three-cylinder, but whatever. Petrol unit matched to an EDC dual-clutch transmission and an alternator starter system paired with a 12-volt lithium-ion battery located under the passenger seat. The first to arrive will be the one with an output of 138 horsepower and 192 pound-feet of torque. That's a big discrepancy in torque. Followed by the 158 horsepower unit. Another difference to the Samsung XM3 is the Renault Arcana's RS line trim, which sharpens up the looks courtesy of a unique orange Valencia body color, black and dark metal exterior trim, sportier front bumper with F1-inspired aerodynamic blade and red inserts, as well as exclusive shadow-tinted wheels. Other upgrades include an RS-Line badge on the front fenders, a chromed dual-exhaust outlet, and a darker, a darker skid plate. Inside, the Arcana RS-Line brings a carbon-finished dashboard and door lining, red trim running al along the top of the dashboard, a black headliner, red top stitching, red strip, red strip on the seat belt, and aluminum pedals, e-shifter, gear lever, and RS-Line badges. As with the Renault Samsung XM3, the Arcana features a high-tech cockpit with a digital instrument cluster, 4.2, 7, or 10-inch display, combined with the EasyLink Center touchscreen, sporting either a 7 or 9.3-inch display. That's compatible with Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. 
Depending on the trim level, Renault will equip the Arcana with its latest driving, parking, and safety driver assistance systems, including highway and traffic jam companion, semi-autonomous system, safety active emergency braking system, blind spot warning, lane departure warning, and lane guard system, 360 degree camera, and more. So before we get into before we get into the rest of the information, because I think we have an article from uh, around July 2019 when it was on sale in Europe. What do I think of the looks? Well, I still believe that Reynolds new design, their new design language, at the very least from the face, can't produce a bad model. I love Reynolds new face, and I'm kind of sad that we're not going to see that face kind of rebadged on Mopar products. But I also love PSA's new design language, especially on the Peugeot. So I'm not too displeased. The look, I don't know, you know, it's definitely, I think it's sort of a better looking BMW X6, but it's also kind of, it's a little bit more awkward to me than a BMW X6, because it, it almost to me wants to look like a tall sedan. Well, what is it? The BMW, no, the Hyundai i30 Fastback, okay? You know that? So this looks like a more coupe-like version of that. So essentially a tall sedan, and it doesn't, to me, it doesn't quite work. It's, it's like a massive Fastback sedan that has a really high, has a really tall ride height. It's just very, very awkward, awkward looking, whereas the X6 to me, at least sort of still looks like an SUV. Whereas this, I get what, what sedan, what small sedan does Renault have now? The, not the Twingo. I can't remember, but yeah, basically it looks like a tall version of whatever that car is. So I finally found the car after doing a little bit of searching and it basically looks like a massive Dacia Logan. That's what it looks like. It's just a massive high-riding Dacia Logan visually, and it's so it's so weird because, again, it looks like it's trying to be a normal car, and then it's really, really tall for little to no reason. So I'm not, I'm not quite sold on it. I think it could look better than a BMW X6, especially if BMW ruins it with a new massive kidney. Well, assuming it'll ruin it because they do it... Assuming they'll do it incorrectly and ruin the new X6 once they add the new BMW design language onto it, then I think this will look better. But otherwise, it's just very, very awkward looking to me from the outside. The inside, though, looks kind of standard rental. I'm not sure I like the way the air vents kind of dip into the, into the normal dash in some areas. It's just kind of weird, but... It's a fairly normal looking interior, nothing too crazy. I like the steering wheel. The airbag cover is not small, which I kind of wish it was, but it's it has a very unique, a very weird shape to it that I quite like, though. So, I don't hate it. It's kind of a boring interior, but it'll serve its purpose. I don't quite like how the touchscreen seems to be poorly integrated into the dash. It's, I mean, it's not flush, which is okay. Not many people are doing it, but it's got this weird, on the lower quarter of it, it's got this weird outline, like mounting system that Renault had to use to mount it properly, which is just kind of ugly looking to me, but otherwise, again, it's fairly okay. It's not too remarkable, but I do like the steering wheel. So, like a 6.5 out of 10. Not too bad, Renault. But anyway, let's get back onto some info or some more information on the Arcana. As of today, Renault's SUV family has become bigger with the addition of the Arcana. The compact crossover Coupe is limited to the Russian market for now, although it could launch in other countries such as Korea, probably under the Renault Samsung brand, which eventually it does. Previewed, well, eventually it has, I should say, because as we just saw with that previous article. Previewed by the Arcana concept last summer, the production model looks almost identical, bar a few styling updates at the front and rear, and one tailpipe instead of two. Its defining feature is the sloping roofline, obviously which makes it look like a much more affordable alternative to the Mercedes GLC Coupe and BMW X4. 
I should have said the X4, I forgot about that. At a first glance, the interior combines leather trim with several scratchy plastics and doesn't miss out on the usual gear. The Arcana features an 8-inch touchscreen display with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, ambient lighting, a Bose premium sound system, and single-zone climate control, although some of these are expected to be offered in the higher grades. Driving aids include 360-degree camera, or include a 360-degree camera system, blind spot monitoring, parking sensors, and other safety assistance, fe safety assistance features that we've honestly come to expect by now. They can also select between three different driving modes named Sport, Eco, and MySense which is just a little bit pretentious to me, but oh well. The Arcana is powered by the 1.3 liter TCE petrol engine co-developed with Daimler. It pushes out 148 horsepower and is coupled with a CVT X-Tronic transmission. Hate CVTs. All-wheel drive is optional, as base models have to make do with front-wheel drive only. Renault will start accepting orders for the Arcana in Russia this summer, but the crossover coupe is already being offered for sale in the Edition 1 grade, which comes from 100... Sorry, no, 1 million... 419,990 rubles, or is it ruby? I think it's rubles, which would be $22,057 and 19,763 pounds with front wheel drive, and 1,499,990 rubles, or 23,299 dollars, or 20,877 pounds with all wheel drive. The Arcana Edition 1 is equipped with LED lighting units at both ends, more chrome trim on the outside, and 17 inch alloy wheels with a two tone look. So the normal face of the of the wheel is silver with the inner with the inner spokes being colored black. That's what the two tones about, which is okay, fine, not that special though. But yeah, looks like a BMW X4 or a massive Dacia Logan. Kind of weird all around. Now though, we can speak more on or talk more about the pricing because we have one last article for this car. Renault has started selling the Arcana Coupe SUV in Russia, the only market worldwide that gets the new model for now. Which isn't true anymore because now it's for now it is for sale in South Korea and coming to Europe next year. Available to order from July fifth, the Arcana starts at one million fourteen thousand nine hundred and ninety rubles, approximately fifteen thousand nine hundred dollars in the base spec. For the money, the entry level life grade comes with a one hundred and thirteen horsepower, one point six liter naturally aspirated petrol engine that doesn't give me life but makes me wish for death. No, <laughs> which is also mated to a five speed manual transmission and front wheel drive. Standard features include Pure Vision LED lights, 17-inch alloys, Radio Connect audio system with Bluetooth, power windows, power windows, good god, air conditioning, and a tilt and telescopic steering column. Customers can also opt for the newer TCE 1.3-liter turbocharged engine, which offers 148 horsepower and is paired to an Xtronic CVT, as we saw earlier. This version starts at 1,229,990 rubles, or $19,300 in 4x2 guys, but it's also available with all-wheel drive for an extra 110,000 rubles, or $1,725, which is nowhere near as bad. The Reynolds Arcana is offered in three levels of equipment, life, drive, and style, plus the limited, uh, limited run edition one. The latter offers the highest equipment level and costs 1,499,990 rubles, which we saw earlier, or $23,500 in 4x4 guys, and when equipped with the TCE 150 engine, also gets the multi-sense drive mode selector with three settings, the aforementioned Sport, Eco, and MySense, for the engine response, CVT, and steering. Depending on the grade, other available features include 8-inch EasyLink infotainment system with Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and Yandex Vito connectivity, Bose Premium Audio System, and 8-color ambient lighting. 
Driver assistance systems include all-around cameras, blind spot monitoring, and more. The color palette includes seven shades, including two exclusive ones, Red Fusion for the TCE-150 and Tenakuru, a brown-green hue designed specifically for the Arcana. Built at Reynolds Plant in Moscow, the Arcana is said to be perfectly adapted for use in difficult road and weather conditions, encountered in various regions of Russia and the CIS thanks to its high ground clearance and suspension travel. Overall, I'm kind of I'm kind of mixed. It looks really weird, like a massive sedan or massive fastback, and I'm not quite a fan of that. But Reynolds styling language overall, front and rear, I'm still a fan of, and I still think looks good on this model. It's just that midsection I'm not quite sure of. The interior is okay, kind of standard rental affair, and the lower grades looks just a little bit bare. But it starts at fifteen thousand dollars, so you know what can you expect. Overall, I find it interesting that they started that they started selling this in Russia, actually, and then decided, oh, well, you know what, we can bring it to the rest of the world, and Europe is the last one to get it. So, hey, you Euro car enthusiasts are at least getting this. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, then please like this episode, share this episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, then please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Hitting the little notification bell, and then all notifications. That way you'll be notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but don't have or want the Pod B mobile app, well then just boot up wherever you get your podcast. Type in Cody's Car Conundrum before you set off, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I'll see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.